Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba. I'm here with my co-host Allison Hale and welcome to Rooted Deep. We are excited today uh, to have a special guest with us, Tony Luzo. Now, Tony is a pastor, Fellowship Baptist Church up in Ohio, and we have been friends for 20 plus years. I've known Tony his wife, Jen, and he's got three amazing kids, and I have watched them grow up, and it has been uh, such a wonderful journey as meeting Tony as a youth pastor, and then Tony transitioned into the pastor of the church, and so it's just um, really, I'm so excited to be able to have him today, but we're not having him today because he's a pastor, although that would be great. Uh, we're not going to talk to him today because he used to be a youth pastor, and so he's got a lot of insight on youth, although he does. Um, but really today, uh, we're here because Tony's son was diagnosed with cancer uh, as a senior and just uh, getting ready to graduate from high school and transition into college. And so Tony, his wife, Jen, have been battling this with their son, Logan, for a while now. And I thought it would just be so helpful. You know, Allison, as we try to help people get rooted deep in their lives, we talk a lot about struggle. And we talk a lot about when people struggle, how do you get through struggles? And we felt like uh, as we want to try to bring you people sometimes who actually are in the middle of a struggle and are willing to be honest and talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited to hear today. Uh, we've been praying for Logan uh, um, for a while now, but it's one of those things that usually when we speak to somebody, um, they're telling us how they came through something or how they um, are, exci- are excited to share what the Lord did in that situation. And today, Tony and Jen and their family, they're right in the middle. And so this is yep. this is something that um, I feel like is going to be really important for us just to listen and to the lessons that can be learned and um, yeah. the lessons they are learning in the process of. And so we're thankful that he's able to join us today because it's been a tough week. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Tony, we're going to kind of let you start telling this story in a minute, but I'm going to take the audience right up. You, you're on our Africa team. You go over and right. do pastor training. So you and I are getting ready to get on this plane to go to Africa and be gone for, you know, 10 or 15 days together. And I get this phone call from you and it's like, we our world just flipped upside down oh yeah i mean it's crazy because it all started in such a an exciting time uh in may logan was graduating and so that was really exciting but i remember uh we were having the conversations about africa we were planning our church stuff here we had family vacation all this stuff going on and uh it was weird because logan was developed a cough and you don't freak no parent freaks out about a cough i mean you know, maybe during COVID because that was in the back of our mind. And he was, he had graduation practice and they were like really strict about, you know, if you're coughing or have any symptoms. And we were like, we've already been to the doctor. We know this isn't COVID, but it was still kind of like lingering. Like, are they going to even let him walk because he had a cough? And so from, from there, we made it through graduation and stuff like that and uh it's so so we had this lingering cough we had no idea that it was caused by cancer and so um logan's at church uh he's working up in the sound booth and he's working with the creative team here at our church 
and uh, he, he passed out. And, he, you know, I, I was shocked between our two services. I, I was in a room and they came in and they were telling me that Logan passed out. And I said, what in the world? He was sitting up there and he turned to the other guys and he said, it's really hot up here. And uh, he, he started getting sweaty and then he just passed out and he leaned on uh, Richard Hartman, which is my creative director. And they pushed him up and they realized that he passed out. And that's where it all started. And uh, so mm. we didn't know Jenny brought him to like a, a minute clinic because we thought his sugar dropped or he just got overheated. So the next day we went to the, the doctor and we were just like, here's what happened. And he did a simple test. He just laid him down and sat him up and his heart rate changed. And he said, well, that kind of makes me a little nervous. He said, that's not normal. So he scheduled from an EKG. The EKG came back and said, there's just something a little bit wrong. And so it was just the little things along the way that they ended up scheduling us to go to Children's Hospital. Well, just to give you an idea, I, I'm there for my kids through everything. I didn't go because they just thought it was just something to be cautious of because of the fact is that he was getting ready to go to college. And they said, we just want to get everything off the table. But they did an x-ray and they came in and they told Jen, they said his heart is moved two to three inches out of place. And we we're like, that's all we know on this x-ray. And we we're like, how, how is that possible? So then they moved him in and they did a, another test and they came back in and they said, there's a large mass in your son's chest. I'm at the church. I'm in the middle of marriage counseling. And I get this phone call that every parent dreads to get. Jenny's crying and she says, Logan's very sick. He has a large mass in his chest. So we, we went to the hospital, got an EKG. He was moved into ICU uh, right away. And it was just our, our whole world got flipped upside down. Well, the CT showed that this large mass, which we didn't understand this, it was seven inches long, five and a half inches wide, and three and a half inches thick. Now, if you put that wow. perspective in his chest, and it was big, that's what was causing him, him to pass out the one time. That's what was causing his heart rate to go up. That's what was causing his cough. And so uh, from there, we were put straight just in minutes. You just never know how fast your world will be flipped upside down. That Saturday was supposed to have been his graduation party. And instead, we're in the ICU, uh, heart monitors and doctors and CT scans. And uh, he was very, very sick, way sicker than we ever thought. Mm. A large enough mass that it moved his heart two, three inches out of the way. And that's why his heart, uh, that's why he passed out, was having all those problems. So from there... We had some really, really dark times because they said it's probably just a childhood cancer. There's a lot of these we can knock out with chemo. Then they came in and said, it's not a childhood cancer. Um, actually, we don't know how to diagnose this. Uh, it's, it's not anything that we normally deal with here for an 18-year-old. And the thing about it is they said he's, his heart is in distress, his lungs are in distress, and we can't do surgery. Surgery is off the table because... He is in so much distress that his body couldn't handle going into surgery. So they said, we can start chemo. But they said, we don't even know what kind of cancer he has to even know what kind of chemo. And they said, some cancers just do not react to cancer or to chemo. So here we are starting all these things just in, in the darkness. And, and we got some really reading through the, the thing about what chemo does. They're telling us that, yeah. you know, he's probably never going to have kids. They said that, that that's being taken off the, the table. Um, they said he can get sick. The chemo is so strong of the chemo regimen that they had to start. 
that one of the side effects could be that it could cause cancer. So the treatment can cause more cancer because it's such wow. a huge. So it, it was it was intense. So from there, we ended up going through uh, four rounds of chemo. And through there, we were in and out of the hospital with heart problems. The second round of chemo, his heart rate started shooting up over 200. They ended up like not trying to freak out, but they freaked out because something was majorly wrong. They 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 had 13 people. Uh, this was just a couple of weeks after this journey started. Yeah. They had 13 people in the room. They hooked them up to a crash cart. Um, they they were asking us if we do uh, if we had a uh, a DNR. Um, they, they brought him down to the ICU really fast. Um, they had monitors. They said we have to shock his heart. Um, they couldn't sedate him, so they had to do it with the twilight. Hooked them up to this machine. They shocked it. They said that it wouldn't affect him. He screamed. They had to do it again. He's screaming and, wow. and being conscious. He's coming out of it, asking us questions because they put him in a twilight. Why did you keep shocking me? Why did you? It was just it's hard. Horrible. I don't know any other way to, to put this. And um, so, so we knew that God started working because we got a CT scan pretty early into the process. And they came back and they said, the the cancer has shrunk 16%. So then we had another CT a few weeks later, this cancer had shrunk 44%. So then they sent us to the James Hospital because he doesn't have a childhood cancer. We're at Children's Hospital. They sent us to the James Hospital mm. for there to find out what is next. And, 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 you know, it's really hard. You have faith, you're trusting God, you're, you're excited about what God's doing. And the, the surgeon comes in who is a specialist in this field and said, I hate to tell you this, but the kind of cancer that we think your son has is an invasive cancer, which means that it's in, probably invading his heart. It's invading his, uh, his heart uh, wall. It's invading the carotid artery. He said, it's, it, we're probably going to have to do reconstructive surgery. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect his diaphragm. I mean, just, and we're yeah. just like thinking, my son is ate up with cancer. Sure. And it's an invading cancer and it's spreading. And we were just really, I mean, it was a hard day. It was a hard day because we just felt so confident. We finished the last round of chemo and we went back to there to have a meeting with him to discuss surgery. And that same surgeon that was so black and white, so in our face the first time, he was just, he's a specialist. That's what he does. And he came in really like smiling and giddy and like, man, and he was telling his, his assistants and said, bring up that scans, bring up those scans. And he brought it up and he said, your cancer's dying. And we're like, well, what do you mean? He goes, it's dying. He wow. goes, look at the inside of this. And it, he said, it's shrunk. We don't know the exact percentage because of the two hospitals had two different measurements because of the, just the way that they did it. And he said, I believe that if we had your son go through two more rounds of chemo, that we could have a, a lot of it die off. And he said, it's around his carotid artery. So he said, if we can get it to die around the carotid artery, that we can have, you know, really successful surgery. And then he said, because it was on his heart wow. wall, uh, and um, th they said that we could possibly replace that outer protective layer around his heart with a cow uh, part. You know, and I didn't even yeah. know that was a thing that you could take uh, <laughs> uh, apart from a cow, and, and especially that protective outer covering of it, uh, and, and, and replace it. Uh, and my son, so we walked out of there very hopeful. And so we were going through it. And, and the last two chemo rounds, we had people praying 
and he did really well. He wasn't as sick, kept his appetite. He was in good spirits. And then we finished. And then this last week we went in and they, they, he got really sick. And um, this was just this week. He got really sick and we didn't know why. So we went into the hospital as oxygen was dropping. And um, they said, we need to do some scans. We are like, well, they're doing scans. We know what they're looking for. You know, it made us really nervous. And then the doctor came in a couple of nights ago and said, well, we found new findings. Well, it came just to be a nodule that they think was an infection. But at the time it was like, whoa, you know, new findings. Like, yeah, we don't need no (laughs) any more new findings. Yeah. So God's brought us through. And there was a lot between there. Um, He's been... He's had 72 bags of chemo, which is about 72 hours of chemo drips. Every time he had chemo, he had to be admitted in the hospital for five to six days. He's right now at uh, 50 some days that he's been admitted in the hospital over the last four and a half months. So he's been through a lot, many transfusions, scans, tests, scares, Mm. heart problems, AFib. But, you know, we're in a place now that, you know, we're we're just gearing up for surgery. So God's Mm. done a lot. Wow. Well, you know, I'm listening to this and it just it sounds like the worst roller coaster ride ever because it's up and then it's down oh, yeah. and then it's up and then it's down. I mean, you know, I mean, Tony, I know you're a preacher and all that kind of stuff, but you're not like you're not unhuman, you know. I mean, right. so I mean, how do you and how do you and Jen and, and your whole family really? I mean, how do you navigate these ups and these downs? Because you're feeling pretty good about it one moment and then the next minute there's, you know, they're shocking your kid's heart. I mean, what, how do you deal? How have you gone through all that? Well, being honest, and, and a lot of people have said to us and said, well, you guys have been so strong and, 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 and don't get me wrong. God's really done a lot, but what people don't see is, is the, the part where you sit in your car and you, you break down. They don't see the fear. They don't see you staying up all night. And, and those are real feelings. And I, and I think, I'm a pastor. I study the word of God. I preach. And it's important for us to understand that we do hit those hard times. And then that's when you you have to apply the word of God and not just quote it. And and I, I was telling our church this. I said, it's no longer a time for cliche Christianity. When the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock, that means something. I started, I started digging into that. And I started being real with God, like I'm afraid. And, you know, what do I do? And I know I should trust in God, but I also, you know, it's going through my mind. I've had other friends that have prayed and asked God to heal their kids and, and God took those kids home. So that goes in your mind, like God doesn't always say yes. And there's not always healing at the end of that. So uh, there was a few things that really helped me. I started asking God, show me. I said, I, I want you to be the God in my life. And, and this isn't easy, but these are desperate honest prayers to God. I need you to be the God that you were to Daniel. Because I promise you this, Daniel was nervous walking into the lion's den. You know, I, I, I promise you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't high-fiving each other as they walked or walking into the fiery furnace. Were they trusting God? Did they have that inner knowledge of God? Absolutely. Right. But, you know, we, we go through times of fear. Fear is a real emotion in things. So I just started asking God and I started seeking him and I didn't know what that means, fully means, but you, you seek God when you need to find something, you know, in the Bible asks, it says, ask, seek and knock. And man, I, that was heavy on my heart. 
And I started asking God, I say, God, I, I need to see you. I, you know, and you and I talked about this Reba, a while back. Yeah. I think I was talking about what the Bible says to, to seek my face. Mm-hmm. And I, I've mentioned that as a pastor, but I didn't know. And more I got into that, it was seeking the face of God literally means like during COVID, it, you know, uh, we, we were on a lot of Zoom calls and stuff. And it was a matter of we, we could relate to people. But what we really wanted was to be able to sit down in each other's living rooms and houses and embrace and talk and shake hands. And as Christians, we wanted that. And what it means to seek the face of God when I was studying this is I, I want you right here present with me. That's what I wanted. And I once I got that, I started asking God, I said, I don't want you being the God of cliche statements. I don't, I don't want you just being the God of ideas. I said, I'm asking you as your child. I want you with me. And I want to experience the hand of God. I want to see it for myself. I don't want just stories of the past that God has done great things. I want to see God do great things. And that really helped me. And uh, I, I, this one time I was, I was just going through this and I'm, I'm, it's, and it's a struggle, even knowing this, it's up and down. And I was, um, I, it, God works in so many ways because God will show you his face in, in unique ways. I was in my house. I was really down and I, I sat down and I know I shouldn't have done this, but this is what I did. I sat down with Logan's pathology report, which is filled with questions. And I started reading it and Googling what the different phrases mean. Oh, wow. And, and I tell you, if, <laughs> if any parent's going through this, I, 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 here's my advice. Don't Google anything. Right. Do not look it up. Do not. Right. Because God is bigger than what's on a piece of paper and, and stuff. So I, I had a really bad day. All that. Let me just say, I had a really bad day. So people were sending us stuff to encourage us. And I opened up this Amazon package that had no return label. And it said, it was a book that said, God still heals. Put it on my dresser, didn't think anything about it. And I, I, I'm looking at that. And I sat down the pathology report and I picked up that book. And it started answering questions about what people go through when this. And, and it was, I'll tell you, it was like God sat down with me and said, we need to have a conversation. You said you want to seek me and you want to see my face. Let me show you what I do and what I want to do. And man, God did something. I just started asking, God, I'm asking you to show me something. I'm asking you to show yourself your peace with me today. I'm asking to to go into that secret place of the most high, to go into that private place and to sit down with God and have real, honest, raw conversations. Because the thing, he already knows my heart. He's just waiting as a father for me to confess my heart. And I, I, I've got to tell this one story. So um, I'm doing this, okay? I get up and, and Reba knows me. Uh, I, have a, I have a Starbucks addiction. So yes, you in do. <laughs> my, in the middle of my private time with God, I like, I, I really need, coffee. I need espresso right now. So I have this, all these thoughts about ask and seek and knock and I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll answer the door. I'll you seek and you'll find me. So I drive to Starbucks. And I'm sitting in the parking lot. I, I, I'm mobile order, so I'm sitting in my car waiting for my coffee to, to, to be ready. And while I'm sitting there, I just bow my head and I say, God, I, I, I know I, I, Gideon, you let him ask for a fleece and just say, God, can you show me that you're working? Can you show me that you're working? I got out of my car and I'm walking in Starbucks. I go up to the counter and I turn around. Now, this is the Starbucks that I've been in for, I mean, I've been here 21 years. I've been in the Starbucks a lot. This has never happened. 
And I turn around and there's a guy standing there with a cell phone and he puts it in his face and he said, extreme, ex- excuse me, sir. He says, you're on Facebook live right now. I hope this, I don't scare you with this. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And he said, your shirt says faith over fear. Why are you wearing that? Mm-hmm. And I, I held out my shirt and I said, at the bottom of it, I said, it says faith over fear. Please pray for Logan. I wore that shirt all the time. I wear it all the time. And I said, my son has cancer. And I said, I'm, I'm praying and asking God to do a miracle in my son's life. And he turns the camera back around. And he says, to all my followers right now, I was just sitting on the porch in Starbucks, praying and asking God to show me something today. And he said, this man just came in front of me with this message. And he said, sir, I just want you to know that God is working. And God told me to get up and come to you and tell you that God is working and that God is doing something. And he turned to his viewers and he said, this guy needs our prayers. Pray, please pray for his son, Logan. He said, I hope I didn't disturb you, sir, but I just I just had to tell you this. And I tell you, I walked out like in shock. I just prayed, Lord, show me that you're working. And God has some random guy walk up in that moment to speak to me. And God has done that so many times because God is a help in the very present time of trouble. And I know I'm not quoting that right, but you get the idea. God is. Yeah. And, you know, in, in limitations, when he says his mercies are new every day, God, every day, when you feel like I don't have the strength to take another step, I don't have the ability to know what to say or what to do. God is already waiting in the next morning to meet you there and to show you things and to love on you and to give you the strength and the grace to make the next step. And I know that's easy to say, but sometimes you, you have to just experience it. You cannot. You can, cannot put it into words. You cannot put it into words. Tony, thank you so much for sharing that and with honesty, but you're sharing it, I feel like, in a way that's not just um, discouraging and it's not just, you know, the low points, but it's adding the high point of God's presence in during during these valleys and, you know, in the valley of, um, of just the suffering and, and everything. What have you and Jen uh, learned you know, we've talked about maybe what you've learned about God, but what have you learned about yourselves? I mean, has there been something you're like, oh, I, you know, it's, it's kind of because you kind of been a pressure cooker right now. This is the, yeah. you know, Instapot of, uh, of suffering here. What, what has been revealed and that you've been able to, I mean, now I'm not asking for, you know, gory details. I'm just saying, what is it something that just surprised you about, you know, is it your strength, Jen's strength, or is it just, you know, what, what is that? Well, I I can tell you uh, things about myself, but let me let me put Jen out there. Um, I I had no idea how strong she was. I mean, she is my wife, and I'm the pastor of the church. And at the beginning of it, I I struggle with fear in a way that I didn't think that I would struggle with fear because you preach about it all the time. So you just think that, man, I know this stuff. And I remember one time in particular that we just at the beginning of it, when they said it's, you can't, we don't know if it's going to be affected by chemo and we can't do surgery. In a sense, it takes, it takes away all the hope, you know what I'm saying? And man's Mm -hmm. things, but we didn't know how God was working behind the scenes, but and of myself, I I wish I was saying, man, I'm a mighty warrior greater than what I ever thought. But in, in a sense, I was, I was really, really down. And I remember Jenny through this saying, and, and don't take this wrong, just, just Jenny said to me, she said, I, I'm not glad this is happening, but I'm, I'm thankful for everything that God's teaching me through this. 
And I looked over at her and I'm like, what? And she said, she said, I, I needed this. She said, I needed to see God in a real way. And I needed, I needed to experience uh, being able to pray and, and have God listen and answer my prayer and comfort me in ways. And, you know, and, and, and so God, um, God is more than just cliche things that we sing in songs. Yeah, God, God wants to show up in your personal life. And sometimes you don't know that God is strong unless you're weak. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're strong right. all the time. So that is just one of those things that we're, we um, are not superheroes just because we're pastors. We're not superheroes because, and I know you guys' stories, we, we, we grew up in church. I mean, all this stuff, but God wants to make it real in our lives to where it's not just, um, you know, raising your hands in church because, you know, he, we sing Waymaker, you know, God, right. will, God will allow you in his, in his, in his sovereignty to go through dark times for him to show you that he's the way maker, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I learned that I was not as strong as I thought I was. <laughs> and, and I learned that my wife is incredible. And she, she was then the preacher that was picking me up during that time and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and, um, I, I, I learned how strong our family is. Uh, we've all been there in this dance of when one's down, the other one's up and things like that. <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 it's just, it's just been great. Um, Jenny was, uh, praying specifically this one day for a breakthrough. It was when we were left ICU and we were brought into a room and we started chemo and, um, Logan had this cough and the cough got so bad that um he couldn't sleep at night he had to like slump down hang his head off the side of the bed and it was just really uncomfortable and it was just for a parent we just started praying say god i know we're in the middle of this and jen was telling me she said i'm praying that god gives him a good night and uh so we were praying we put on facebook asking people to pray about this one particular thing and so um he his monitor his his vitals were great we have pictures of this literally jen shot a picture of his vitals and she sent me a picture and said hey i I ran home to get clothes she said logan's sleeping and he's not coughing so we were just like like in this little place of victory of this and then the next day the doctors came in they were doing rounds and they're like how did it go last night we said well he wasn't coughing last night and he's still coughing but enough to sleep and they were all smiling. They looked at each other and they said, well, we're so glad to hear that because we put in a new prescription for him and uh, it was for coughing, but we didn't know if it would work, but obviously it worked. And <laughs> I was a little disappointed because I thought it was just this direct God moment, miraculous thing that God <laughs> answered and stuff. And I said, but you know, Jen, we still have to praise God because yeah. God still in our weakness answered this prayer to show us that he's here at the beginning of this. Yeah. And God works through medicine and God works yeah. through wisdom. Yeah. So yeah. we were, we were happy about it. You know, it's not as happy because we thought it was. <laughs> so um, the doctor came in like 30 minutes later and said, Hey, we feel stupid for even saying this, but we, we, we have to tell you, he never got that prescription. No, It never went through. We're sorry for it. I said that she looked at us and she said, I'll just be real. We have no idea why he had such a good night. We have no yeah. idea why he didn't cough to go to sleep. And I tell you, in those moments, God begins to renew your strength 
and show you, uh, Tony, you're a big baby and you doubt and fear, but God is good in the midst of that. And God shows up just to show you that he is greater than your doubts. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was, it was a tough lesson to learn, but I, I'm thankful that God loves us and cares for us even when we're big babies. <laughs> you know, Tony, I think that anybody, you know, even whether you've gone through a small trial, a big trial, but anytime you, you're under the testing and you're going through suffering, you, you ask questions. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Job, the whole book is filled with Job's questions of not understanding, God, what are you doing and why and this? And I know that that you and Jen have had questions. Um, and how do you, you know, I was thinking about this. I think there's people listening and they may be going through their own version of trial right now. Um, and how, you know, what is, how do you wade through all the questions that come in your mind? Because it's normal and natural, I think, for you to have them. And, and I don't think God's intimidated by them at all. Um, right, no. So it's not unspiritual to have questions. So how do you, how have you guys navigated that uh, as, as you, you know, as you've wrestled through with these questions that have come to mind? Uh, that is a great question because, oh my goodness, the questions have been insane. I mean, they go through your mind and stuff. And, and he, here's what God has done. And from this, I have, when I, when I read my Bible and there was times of sitting in the ICU that I just, I said, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm shaking. I, I mean, I won't get into all the stories of just some of the dips that we've had through this, but it, it overwhelms your mind. And you're like asking God, what, what did I do wrong? And I yeah. asked the question, God, why, why him and not me? Why, why not let me go through this? Uh, I've asked the question, just being real, does God really answer prayer? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is, it, is it a matter of, you know, because I, I struggle with what, the, what is the will of God, you know? And I, 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 you know, when you sit there and people called me up and said, well, I know you're praying for healing, but you just need to pray for the will of God. And I'm like, how can I stop praying for my son and just pray? And I'm just being real with these things. Yeah. But it's amazing how when you start asking God, and, and I've said this a number of times, but when the Lord was talking about prayer, he said, ask, you shall receive. Mm-hmm. It's not just healing that you'll receive. Ask a question and you'll receive the answer. Now, sometimes you don't always get it up front, but I'm telling you this, a lot of the questions aren't answered in our minds because we don't ask God. And I think it's important for Christians to be really real with God and transparent with God and say, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? Because all things work together for good. And if God's working everything for the good and there's a reason for it, then you should ask God, what are you trying to teach me while I'm waiting? And, and through that, um, I, I, I started searching scripture and I would post scriptures of things that God spoke to me tonight. I, I, I needed this I, yeah. and through the books that people sent me and I was reading and all of a sudden I came across things and, um, you know, I, asking the hard questions, God wants to give you the answers. It's no different than us as parents when our kids come up to us and have questions and, and we we want our kids to know. We want them to understand. We want them to grow. And, you know, uh, the Bible says to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I thought right now God gives grace. And in my time 
of the grace that God's giving us, like these things that he's done, my job in that is to grow. God's not trying to hurt me. He's trying to help me. And ask the questions when you're going through these and allow God to watch your faith grow through asking God questions. And and God's done a a lot of things through us asking and seeking and and, and counsel. Uh, I've called up preacher friends and pastor friends and close friends. And I just said, can I be raw with you? Can I take off the pastor hat for a minute and put on a dad hat and just, just unload? And please don't judge me because I don't know. And the, and the, the, the answers that God has given me through that has just been amazing to where it was like God spoke through that person. But that's why the Bible says that bear you one another's burdens. God, God wants yeah. us to lean on each other. So the questions have been real, but God has really taught us a lot through it. So let me follow up with one thing, um, okay. because I think this is, I know this has happened in my life before, but what happens when you've asked the questions and you just don't feel like you get this, you know, moment of answer or, you know, you get something, how do you, how do you walk with and continue to walk in faithfulness, still having questions in your mind that you don't have answers for yet? Yeah, that, that is hard because I'll tell you, we, we still have lots of unanswered questions. Uh, we do. Um, I mean, we're still waiting on test results and all that stuff. So uh, when, when, you, when God doesn't answer, um, there is something that God does in the waiting. He, 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 he gives us um, his mercy. You know, when, I, I know I alluded to that, but that's been um, the, the mercy of God is not just withholding punishment. That is what's deserved. And I think that's a cliche way. But in the Old Testament, the word mercy literally describes the goodness and the presence and the provision of God. And if you don't have the answer to this, God still, like a good father, will sit down next to you and put his arm around you for you to feel his presence to where you feel the comfort of God while you wait for the answers. So he might not give you answers, but he can give you peace. He, not, he might not give you the answer at that point. And, and you know what I've realized through this is it's a good thing sometimes that God makes us wait because in the waiting, there's so much more that God's doing because if this would have been him diagnosed with cancer and a week later, they did a scan and says, it's a miracle. Your son is cancer free. You know, I would have missed out on the thousands of stories and the thousands of people that are praying with us. God's doing something bigger than just Logan. God's doing something bigger than right now than the Tony and Jenny. And once God starts showing those things that he's doing, it gives you comfort to know that God is at work, even though I don't know what he's doing. So God gives peace and his presence and mercy in the waiting while you're waiting for the, for the answers. That, that is amazing. I think we've talked about this before in an earlier podcast, Reba and I um, shared, you know, is God is God mad? You know, do you remember that podcast early on, Reba, you know, where we were were struggling with something and and we're like, he must must just be mad at me. And, um, and so I'm so thankful that you shared that, that, that journey. And you're sharing that part of the journey with, um, with us and how people have come along and and you've mentioned, you know, just having a community and thankfully, um, social media has helped just create this community 
uh, people. Yeah. I mean, there's people here in the Dominican Republic. I know us. I know there's some missionaries in Ecuador praying for Logan specifically. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's exciting mm-hmm. to know. But you know, and our family has worked through cancer before in different, you know, different people in our in our family. And they usually, because of the type of the cancer, you can find a a community or kind of a support group. But it yeah. seems like Logan's Logan's is such a rare that even the doctors don't, you know, sometimes right. they're they're still struggling. So I don't know if you have you been able to find a community of of families um that are going through a similar, you know, struggle in the hospital and you just met. Um I oh, don't yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that part. So his first appointment that we had of going to the hospital after his first round of chemo, when they're running labs, we step outside the door and there's a mom standing there and she looks over and she goes, are you Logan? And we're like, yes. She goes, this is our son, Brady. And they said, we both live in Canal Winchester and both of them were diagnosed almost at the same time way different type of cancer, Mm -hmm. but we became friends, exchanged numbers in that minute. And we have been friends through that. And on the floor, we have found and gravitated towards other people going through the same thing. And and we bring each other food when we're up at the Mm -hmm. hospital, we'll message each other, we we pray for each other, we share each other's stories. When we're facing surgeries or tests and things like that, we all message each other, this is what's coming up. Because in that community, those people can understand in a yeah. way that nobody else can understand. Right. And it has been so amazing. We, we have about five families that we're all connected to. And when we go up to the hospital, we all, hey, we're here. Where are you guys at? You know, which yeah. room and, and stuff. And, and that's just, God, that's how God works. God, God mm-hmm. works in such a, a unique way. Because right now with COVID, nobody's allowed to get up there to see you. Right, yeah. And and on on the cancer floor, there they have higher strict standards, even when it is normal. Mm-hmm. But here I have all these Christians that will knock my door and just say, "Hey, we're praying for you," and dropping off food and stuff like that. So, God, God's amazing of how He networks us like that. Even even from everything from a tiny cup of coffee to somebody oh, who's yeah. walking through walking through the same thing. Um, it's and and I think it's those. It's not just the like you said the big miracles, but it's these tiny little steps along the way just to say, "Hey." I'm still right. here. I still care. And my presence goes, goes with you and before you. So that's beautiful. Oh, it's so cool. You know, Tony, you shared with me a story, um, uh, you know, about you guys going into a restaurant, I think, and you sat down yeah. and, for, and you got to tell that story because oh, I man. the impact <laughs> for, you know, you said earlier, this is some, this is about more than just Logan and, the Luzo family. This is a God is doing something bigger in this, and sometimes it's impossible to see. I think sometimes when you when you're in the middle of a crisis point, it doesn't. You can only see your little world uh, because it's yeah. so big. Everything is so big at that point in your world. It's hard to see anything else. But I know that God has given you the ability to see how your son's trial has been affecting people that you don't even know. So tell that story about you oh, walking yeah. into that restaurant with Logan. Oh man. And and what Reba's talking about is I, I started telling her all the times that people have just connected to us at random in ways that we that it's just God's way of touching you on the shoulder to say, I'm here and I'm working. Well we had a family day and uh it's, there's a lot to this story. Um so the last day it, and how God works is so cool. Um, 
I, I, I teach a class here called Starting Point at the Church, and it's for new members. And uh, it's um, a class that I've taught for since I've been pastor. Well, this was the day before Logan was diagnosed with cancer. And it was Jenny's birthday. So I, I told them, I said, I don't know why, but I feel like God wants me to not teach this class today. So I went into my assistant pastor and I said, I'm going to throw this on you today. I walked in the class and I said, hey, guys, God, I, I feel like, and I, they can tell you, I, I literally said this, I feel like God wants me to spend the day with my family and not stay here and teach this class. It's my wife's birthday and I just need to be with them today. So um, I left and we had my wife's birthday and we had an amazing family day. This is June 27th. Logan was diagnosed June 28th in the morning. Okay. So here we are. The last thing we did on June 28th is we went to an escape room and we got a picture taken as it was our last family photo, like the last family photo that we've ever had before he got sick. And we didn't even know when he got sick, if he'd be even leaving the hospital. So in our mind, that was our last family photo. So he got well and the doctor told us uh, after the, one of the rounds of chemo, they said, you need to get out, do something fun with Logan. And I told Jen, I said, I know what we want to do. Let's go up to the other end of town and let's, uh, let's go back to that escape room. And I said, we're going to redo that picture so that in my mind, I know that that was not la our last family mm -hmm. photo. So we go to the restaurant that is 45 minutes away, go up to the counter. We're about to go to back to that escape room and uh, walk up to the counter. And the lady says to me, when I get ready to pay, she says, is that Logan? And I said, uh, yeah. I'm like, how would you know that? I mean, right. we're 45 minutes away from our house right now. And she goes, you know, I know you don't know me, but I see him on Facebook and I've been praying for your son every day. So we went and sat down and ate and the lady comes from beyond the, behind the counter and says, I know you like this restaurant. It was McAllister's Deli. It was one of our, our places to go. And she gave him a gift card back to come back to McAllister's. And she said, I just want you to know people are praying for you that you don't mm -hmm. even know. So we're sitting there, we finish lunch in this restaurant that's 45 minutes away. The people at the table next to us get up and said, we don't want to uh, disturb you guys, but is there a chance that you're Pastor Tony and that's Logan? And we're like, uh, yeah, we're like, I just want you to know that we've been following your story and we're praying for you every day. And yeah. it's like, what in the world is going on here? It, it happens simultaneously from that other way. Yeah. <laughs> then we go to the escape room. They found out about our story. They call us back and they said, what are you guys doing right now? We're like, well, we're out shopping. They said, can you bring Logan back and do another uh, picture? We're like, well, we can. They said, we just want you to have something to remember because we found out that that was the last thing Logan did before going into the hospital. And when we came back, they gave him T-shirts and gift cards and another escape room experience. And this all happened within like two hours. And it's just amazing. His mercies are new every day. It's like, you might not have any questions, but you have enough going on where God's saying, I want you to know that this would have never happened outside of the hand of God. And God is doing things around you every day just to whisper in your ear. I'm here. I see it. I know you. I love you. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Tony, this has been so good. Uh, I want to, first of all, just thank you for coming on and, and actually just being so transparent. I really feel mm -hmm. like that is, you know, 
people are facing real difficulties, just like your family. And they may not look exactly like the ones that your family's going through right now, but I know there's people listening and they've got burdens. They're suffering in some way. They're going through difficult places. And I, I think there's so many things that you said that are just so helpful and, and things that we can hang on to. And I think they're words from a guy who's in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. And I think that that is really so much value uh, to us. Uh, you know, Tony, when we end this podcast, we we normally go, we take our guests through a series of fun questions. Um, okay. And 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 I and I think we can we can do that. I know this has been yeah. a pretty serious subject, but I yeah. think, I think we can do that, and I think it'll be fun um, just to go through this a little bit. So um, so we're just going to ping back and forth here and kind of walk through here. So I'll kick it off, but. Tell us, Tony, what I know the Bible obviously has has a huge ear pastor. It has to have a huge impact in your life. But outside of the Bible, what book has impacted you? Oh, wow. Uh, man, I tell you, uh, one recently that has really impacted me is Carrie Schmidt's book, Stop Trying. Um, that is, I, I tell you, for anybody that struggles with identity and knowing what God's doing in your life and stuff like that. Uh, that recently, it impacted me so much that I, I, I took aspects of it and preached it before the church, but put a, a plug in for my friend, Carrie Schmidt with Stop Trying. Powerful book, raw, real emotions, just about the struggles that we all have. Hmm. Thank Good. you. I just, I wrote that title down. Um, number two, and this is something that, you know, right now you're thinking of, I don't really have a lot of free time because of, yeah. you know, the ministry and, but what is something that you, you enjoy doing during your free time? Oh man. I, and, and God knows my heart with this. And I've said this to him. I, I, my favorite free time is my family. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, we, we love doing escape rooms and it's funny. We're doing one tonight. Um, cause we're out of the hospital and the doctors are always pushing us to be able to do things that we don't have to be around a crowd, but we can do. Yeah. So yeah. We, we love doing escape rooms. We've done going on like, uh, between 18, 20 escape rooms as a family. Uh, so we love What's doing your percentage? that. Yeah. That's uh, what I was going to ask. 18 for 18. What? Yeah. 50. About 50% now. Okay. Uh, but in the last recent, since we've done a lot, um, our percentage has grown a lot. So okay. we, we normally get out as a family because we, we, we're a good team. Okay. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this. Uh, you know, there's always things that people get wrong about us. They judge us from the outside and they, they get wrong about us. They get to know us and that might change. So what is something that people often get wrong about you? Oh, probably um, that I'm serious. You know, okay. I like <laughs> because they know me from the pulpit. And, you know, I'm preaching and leading deacons meetings and all this stuff. Yeah, I, I love just to goof off. I love to have fun. I, 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 I made fun of at home for all my dad jokes and stuff like that. So you can be a pastor and preach and still be a goofball and, and, and have fun at home and stuff. So that's, that's probably what I would think is the biggest misconception. Awesome. What is your favorite movie? Oh, this is going to probably... Your, but I, I, this isn't super spiritual, okay? I love <laughs> no, the quiet place. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, okay. my goodness. I don't know what it is about that movie. That tension, yeah. <laughs> this, the suspense, uh, you know, it's, it, was, it was such a, a, a fun, suspenseful, unique, out of the box, creative movie. I just love the quiet place. Oh, well. So if you can sit down and have your favorite meal, 
either okay. in a restaurant or at home, doesn't matter which one. What what does that meal look like? Oh, that would be Mexican. I uh, fajitas, uh, nachos, anything like that. I, that's my go-to. Um, I love the restaurant Chewies. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I could love Chipotle and Moe's and Mexican Grill. And oh yeah, it, it would be Mexican food. <laughs> Got it. You don't know how many times I've called Reba and they were they're sitting in Chewies right at that moment. Oh yeah, and it's probably about four or five. <laughs> I don't addictive. know if that's happened to you. Man, it yeah. is. It is so good. I know. You're right. I agree. It's funny. All right. So tell us something that's on your nightstand. You got a lamp and what else? Oh my goodness. Uh, lots of books. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, that would be, that's on my nightstand. It's, it's lots of books. I, that is my spot. I I like to go up, uh, you know, when the kids are goofing off and at the end of the night, I love to go up there and read books Mm -hmm. and study and stuff. I know that sounds cliche for a pastor or whatever, but um, it, it actually, I probably need to like clear them off and start putting them on a, um, a bookshelf or something like that. But that definitely would be the number one. Some cool. people's, their nightstand is their stack of books. They're just yes. sitting on top of a bunch of books. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So give us a, a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. Oh man. Uh, we, we came home from the hospital and we're sitting on the bed and all of my kids come in the room and we just start talking about vacation and what we're doing. And um, it's, it's knowing that my kids are 20, 18 and 15, uh, the reality that we will soon be empty nesters. Uh, a moment that brings me joy and blessing is just us sitting around being goofy and having fun and enjoying. Uh, I that would that trumps 10 times over anything else I could possibly give you so so what is something we're we're, um we're finishing up you know we've just come through the holiday season and so uh with Thanksgiving what is something that you're deeply grateful for oh wow um my church my family but I think I've kind of like made that obvious through this conversation um my 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 church family is the bomb they are amazing Um, I, I am on the other side of being the minister when people are sick and going through hard times. I didn't know what it was like being on the receiving end of that. I'm overwhelmed. Uh, Logan was diagnosed on Monday, Tuesday night, 250 to 300 people were in the parking lot in the park in front of the hospital, singing to the window of the hospital of in praising God and had a prayer meeting and they all gathered together just to do that. Um, God has blessed me with the most amazing church family in the world. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we always end with this question and it is our last one. Um, okay. what keeps you deeply rooted? I mean, man, you, if we've talked about some hard things, things that could yeah. pull you and fray you, um, you know, think these are things like this that really cause people to question so many things. But what what keeps you rooted deep during times like this? Well, I know the obvious things that everybody would say, God, Bible reading and all that other stuff. Um, what has kept me personally going through this is I drive to locations and I park my car. And I just get really real and honest with God. I read. I will stop. I'll turn on worship music. 
um, I'll, I'll, I'll be mad at God and I'll tell him and I'll be thankful for God and I'll tell him, but it's, it's, it's easy to pray and just walk through life with like, bow your head. Let's before we eat or before we start the service. But there's something about in Psalms that I've read over and over and over again about the secret place. And that is just a private encounter with God. It's not doctors. It's not nurses. It's not just your wife encouraging you. It's not a pastor that you call. It's just a place that you can get alone and real with God. And I, and I know that's all encompassing. It, it's worship. It's praying. It, it's, it's Bible reading. But doing it in such a way that you can just be alone with God is something that has really come alive to me in a way that I, I have not experienced until you're this broken. Good. Well, Tony, thank you so much uh, for being with us and just sharing your story. Um, and, you know, I want to close with just asking, um, you know, we've, I follow you on social media. There's so many, you, you are so faithful to say, this is exactly how we need you to pray yeah. right now. So let's close it with this. How do you need us to pray right now? Okay. I am so glad we're ending with this because I have this. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the, the doctor, when we met with the surgeon the last time, he was telling us that he said the tumor is shrinking, which is great, but it, it's, it's wrapped around his carotid artery. He said, I cannot cut the cancer off his carotid artery. He said, you cannot cut into a carotid artery. He said, it's for obvious okay. reasons. So yeah. he said, we need it to die. He said, we need it to melt in that area. And he used the phrase, and I'm sure you guys have heard this. He said, I've seen it in the past, but he said, sometimes cancer just turns to jelly. And he said, and then we have to go in and not cut it out. We have to suction it out. Mm -hmm. So I have had this on my mind. Lord, I, I, I want the cancer to turn to jelly to where they can do a, a completely remove the cancer from my son. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this. I am claiming Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think. I am not asking God for any normal results because yeah. my God is bigger than normal. Yeah. I'm not asking God for just a good surgery because God is bigger than good. He is great. So I am praying whatever it looks like for God to do exceedingly abundantly above what I'm asking and what I can even imagine. Yeah. God shrink the tumor. I want the doctor to come out and say, wow, we weren't expecting that. Or, or, or uh, this was amazing. So pray specifically that the cancer dies, turns to jelly, and that everybody stands in awe of how amazing God has been for, through this. I don't want to get through this. I want to soar above this. I want to brag on a God that is the way maker, miracle worker. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you so much for letting us know how we can pray. Uh, that's a real simple and easy way to remember cancer turn into jelly. I think we can yes. we can uh, actually remember that die. pretty easily. Yeah, just let it die. And uh, thanks again uh, for for joining us on the podcast today. I know this is going to be a blessing and uplifting uh, to people. And you know, as we always say when we close out this podcast. Our goal is for you to stay rooted deep in the things that keep you growing and the things that keep you going. And so I think, boy, you've heard some great things today uh, that will enable you to do that. So until next time, uh, we will see you right here on Rooted Deep.
Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.